Welcome to the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy and a nutritional therapy practitioner specializing in chronic digestive issues, allergies, and autoimmune conditions. Join me for episode 22, where we discuss improving your digestion with Andrea Dahlman, nutritional therapy practitioner. We'll discuss her passion for digestive health and how she works with clients to make sense of their health picture. Learn how she helps her clients maximize what they need, minimize their health burdens, and provide for a healing environment. Here are her quick tips for better digestive health. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. Functional nutrition is similar to functional medicine in that it seeks to strengthen the systems of the body and address root causes of illness. As nutritional therapy practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease and we recommend working with a qualified practitioner. Now, let's talk to Andrea. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you for joining me for a second episode. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be back. So in the last episode, we talked a little bit about your journey um, and how you discovered nutritional therapy and became a nutritional therapy practitioner in addition to other certifications that you have in restorative wellness and bioindividual nutrition, etc. We also talked about your specialty as a nutritional therapy practitioner, which is digestive concerns and irritable bowel syndrome. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yes. So I mentioned in the last episode that I kind of got to a place in my practice where I needed to figure out what I really loved. And in looking through like all my client files, I thought, you know, I really love it when I'm dealing with digestive digestive concerns. And so I decided to niche myself down into that being my main um, area of focus. And when kind of looking at who typically that was, when I was looking at my client files, it was people who had, you know, were constipated or having diarrhea or leaky gut issues, like, and specifically around food sensitivities. But then I actually started seeing people like some of my favorite clients have diagnosed by you know, medical doctors, Crohn's, celiac, ulcerative colitis, like these were things that I knew that nutritional therapy could really support and be helpful to. So for me, I felt passionate about that. Um, and I, I kind of joke and say, you know, poop is my passion. That's kind of my sub tagline, <laughs> if you will, um, because I find that there's so much information there uh, when we take a take a step back and we can look at the body from that foundation of not only what are you eating, but how is your body able to assimilate that nutrition to be able to make things like cells and hormones and all the other pieces and parts, muscle tissue you know, all the things that go into our bodies. So for me, that was where I kind of like made this little shift and, and work with now pretty much exclusively digestive concerns. So um, tell me a little bit about your approach to helping your clients. Like what, what's the experience like from the client's point of view when they first meet with you? So most of my clients uh, will get on the phone with me initially within a discovery call. Uh, and I use a discovery call so that I can really assess whether I'm the right person to help them. But what I've kind of looking at those calls and seeing 
where my clients enter is a place of, they come in a place of complete overwhelm and decision fatigue. I am, there's a joke um, a lot of times with nutritional therapy practitioners, I don't know, Madeline, if you've experienced this, where um, we're resort uh, practitioners, meaning we're the last resort, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that a lot of times my clients come and they've seen lots of doctors, maybe they've seen other specialists, um, you know, that's, that's a possibility. They come with a binder, they come with all of these test results, and they come from a place of complete overwhelm. So when they work with me, I, I kind of tell them like, that's wonderful. I love actually going last. When you come into my practice, it's like bringing a puzzle box with all these puzzle pieces that are connected, but I don't get the lid. I never see the lid. They're just bringing the box with all the pieces and I help them work and sort out like what is the priority first? Well, when you're building a puzzle at my house, you build the outside. So that's the frame or the foundation. So that's really the pieces that I'm looking for. Like how are we going to create a different health picture for this person by building out that framework? And then I'm their partner and I help them navigate. I tell my clients, you're in the driver's seat. You're the captain of the ship. You're the one in charge. I'm just the person that can help provide the direction and help us decide like what are the right choices and appropriate choices to make for you so that we can start to see change. So it's really a partnership more than like me coming in and telling them what to do. I don't like that model for myself because I want the client to be able to have control over their journey. So how do you evaluate a client? Like what, what are the, you know, they come with their labs and their, their thick files of um, things that they've done and how do you, what's the typical uh, workup for you in terms of a first assessment? Yeah. So the biggest thing for me is to be a, a listener and to ask good questions. So uh, I take a health history. I have a client fill that out. I get a food journal from the client. I'll have them fill out a tool that I use called the um, sy- Symptom Burden Analysis, uh, NutriQ. Um, and metal. I don't know if you use that or not, but we use that and I'll have them bring in all their labs, send me their labs in advance and I'll read through their file and sort and kind of sort things into buckets. And then I'm asking questions. So we spend about an hour kind of sorting and um, looking at where they've been, what, what have they already tried that didn't work? When did they try it? And really trying to understand, like I'm really trying to uncover the root causes or those root places where things have started, looking at this person from a whole person approach, their physical body, their emotional self, their spiritual self, and how is there, is there some place that it is um, not connected? So I'm looking for interconnectedness of the story as well. Many of my clients come in and they have just not been listened to. They've been talked to. So when a client comes in, I'm really trying to figure out what it looks like to maximize what they need to thrive, minimize what's harmful or not applicable at this time, and prioritize an environment that promotes healing. This is really important because many times we're trying to do too many things and that's where they get that decision fatigue, right? It's like, okay, I need to eat like this and I need to move like this. And sometimes it's 
just helping them sort through that and really give them some simple, easy tools. So sitting with them and listening to their story, asking good questions and giving them space to be heard. I think that's the most important thing in the, in the beginning of when I sit with my clients. I think that's, yeah, that that's a really good point because I do think that nutritional therapy practitioners do take a lot of time Mm -hmm. with each of their clients. Um, Typically my first appointment or the first visit with me is 90 minutes. You probably do the same or similar. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Mine's about an hour, but I spend an hour prior to their call going through their file and all their paperwork and everything so that I'm have had a chance to kind of read, study them. And then I get to listen to how they interpret what I've read. Yeah. Similar. And I, and I do also use that nutritional assessment questionnaire. We call it the knack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Helpful. So yeah, it is. It's, it's surprising. I think um, for, for many people to, to be given an online assessment like that with 300 questions about symptomology, many kinds of symptoms that they've never been asked about before and have no idea correlate to different nutritional statuses around in the body. Mm -hmm. I hear that all the time. They'll say, like, they'll get one question. They'll say, I I filled out that questionnaire and you asked me about, I don't know, like ridges in my fingernails. What's that have to do with anything? And I'm like, oh, many. It has much to do with everything. So there's just like your body is constantly talking to you. And that assessment allows for practitioners like us to see where is the body talking the loudest? Where is the biggest conversation happening? Yeah. And out of that, we're able to produce this really interesting graph that Mm -hmm. shows where the burden is around the body. So, I mean, just to backtrack a little bit, I mean, nutritional therapy is is founded on the idea that it's a wellness practice, right? It's founded on the idea that the body knows how to heal itself. Correct. And would do so if it had the resources. But if it isn't doing so, it means that you're stuck. You either don't have something that you need or you're burdened with, um, you know, you have too many other health burdens that are on it that need to be lifted so that the body can recover and utilize its resources in a new and better way. Right. Yeah. Yes. That, I mean, that's so beautifully put. That's exactly correct. The body in helping clients, I think the primary thing is in nutritional therapy is just making sure it has the right resources to do the work on its own. And I use this analogy with clients when I talk to them initially. And I say, if you cut your arm, you know, what, what's your, you know, what can you do to heal your arm? Aside from keeping it clean, you're not like in a factory making skin cells so that it can, and that you're going to put in there. There's nothing that you physically do. The body takes care of that wound on its own if it has the materials. So that's all about like making sure our bodies are well stocked with all the things that we need to promote a healing process in the body. I say all the time, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm just, I'm just the agent in which that providing the right, you know, materials and let your body's doing the work for sure. Yeah. And that brings us to another um, fundamental point of nutritional therapy practitioner um, that we follow is that we, we don't actually diagnose or treat, <laughs> right? right? That's right. the realm of medicine. What we do is we help to we help you to figure out where your body's burdens are 
and what resources are lacking and help you to get, you know, resolve the burdens and, and provide, um, the nutrients and the, um, well, whatever the resources that you need so that your body can get on with, um, with the, the many projects it probably has put on the back burner for a long time yes, and yes. heal itself. Right. Um, so there's no, people are always confused when I say this, like, you know, we don't, we aren't treating you for X. Right. Um, I'm aware of your diagnoses. I'm aware of all, you know, the things that the labs show, but I'm following kind of a, I'm following a path that's, that's in, in some ways, it's the same kind of uh, evaluation for everyone. It's just that the evaluation re, um, uncovers different things for each person. And that's what, also why we say that nutritional therapy is so bio-individual. Yeah. Well, and that's why I kind of go back to that, maximize what you need, minimize what you don't need, what's harmful, and prioritize an environment that allows for those things to happen. So if we're looking at it, you know, when we see that symptom burden analysis graph and we are, you hear a body part talking loud, it's like, okay, what, what does that need more of? What does it need less of? And how do we create an environment so that it can do what it needs to do? I mean, ultimately, you know, going back to that kind of point one, the body does what it needs to do to survive. And if we're in stress, constant stress, it will really struggle. Yeah. So getting back to that whole graph, as you were talking about it. Um, so this is the result of analyzing those 300 questions about symptomology that we were talking right. about before in that nutritional assessment questionnaire. And, um, we kind of produce a roadmap out of that, right? So we kind of, uh, we take the analysis and we can see, as you said, which, which organ systems or which body parts are in the greatest need of help. And we figure out what the help is but we can see how, what needs to be tackled first. You know, is it your liver that needs to be tackled first? Is it your, um, is it your upper GI tract that needs to be tackled first? Is it hormones? Is it adrenals? Is it, um, pituitary? I mean, it, it can be any number of things, but because we are able to take this snapshot and produce a roadmap from it, that really helps us sort of figure out what the top priorities are and start working from those. Yeah, it, it is an amazing tool. And when you get a health history in my world as, as a practitioner, it's like if I see the health history and then I see get the NAC, the nutritional assessment, and then I see the lab work and you can start to, you know, draw arrows and make, you know, like, oh, this is connected to this and look at the way the body's talking this way. And you really, it really gives us like a whole picture view of everything that's happening from what the person has experienced to how the body is speaking to even what the lab work is saying. So sometimes you really, it's just another, it's just a really helpful um, tool in our toolbox. And it, it's different because I would say, I don't know this to be hundred percent true. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think nutritional therapists are pretty much the ones that use that exclusively. Yes, it was a, it's an assessment developed by the Nutritional Therapy Association. Yeah, so I, I do think it is a proprietary tool in that sense. So, you know, one thing you mentioned in the previous episode that intrigued me is that you have moved now to 100% virtual practice, which means that you work with people from anywhere, right, over video conference or by phone. And um, one of the, one of the, tools that we use as nutritional therapy practitioners is something called a functional evaluation. 
Can you talk to me about how you practice virtually and in consideration of that? Or how, how do you? Yeah, when I had my in-person practice and I had two offices, I would use the functional evaluation more. And it's an assessment tool where you're um, using specific points on the body to assess stress. For me, in moving to my practice to virtual, I use less of that particular approach now that I'm not used now that I'm not practicing in person. So I really lean in on the NutriQ and I really lean in on that lab work. Um, there might be some things that I still do that I'll have the client do at home. For example, um, there's a exercise that you can do to test your adrenals with the um, flashlight, and I'll maybe I'll use that as a way for my clients to do a self-assessment. So there are some things that I will ask my clients to do at home as a self-assessment, but for the most part, I've stepped away from that particular prong of my training and um, in moving into a virtual practice. Yeah, so I I still use that, um, though I feel like I'm I have less of a reliance on it because I've moved towards an ener energy kinesiology approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which can be done at a distance. Do you do you use that technique? I don't. I don't have that in my tool belt. That is not. Yeah. I will refer to you for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm just wondering. So in selecting supplements, so, so just to explain to everyone, the functional evaluation is a hands-on evaluation where we palpate certain uh, reflex points on the body to get information about um, an organ or a system's health. Uh, and this is kind of a, I don't know, I guess it's kind of a cross-referencing. It's, it's another source of information besides just using the nutritional assessment questionnaire. But once we have found, a, once we've palpated a point that has a, a degree of tenderness that indicates that it um, it needs help, like we were talking about before, we can test different substances against that palpation point, different supplements, I should say, um, against that palpation point to see which ones are effective. So we can, we can figure out which supplement is appropriate for, for you as, you know, a, a bio-individual. Correct. So are, how do you, how do you go about, you know, selecting supplements for your clients? So in some of the other training that I've done, um, looking at what's appropriate in terms of uh, for that client based on their food sensitivities, looking at, because a lot of times clients will be taking a supplement and the reason it's not a match for their body is that it's, they use like a rice capsule and then the client has a sensitivity to the rice. So I more rely on the lab work and cross-referencing like a food sensitivity panel and their lab work. And then also for me, um, it, there's a, a sense of energy that I can get if it's going to be a match for the client. I know that sounds a little woo-woo and out there, but I'm looking and trying to figure out what that looks like. It, for me, I rely mostly on the data that I have in front of me. As, and, and that's mostly because I just haven't gone into the realm of training for energetic work yeah. virtually. Okay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you're saying you use a bit of intuition. Yes. Yes. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. I get that. And, you know, you have a lot of experience with working with different clients that may have, you know, presented uh, similar conditions. And so you, you kind of probably lean on certain things that you, you like to use that feel, you know, they have been successful for you in the past too. For sure. And I do have like, you know, if I have 
somebody has a parasite and we need to you know minimize that then yes there's a selection of supplements but i'm not tied like i'm not tied to a brand i'm not tied to a specific you know you know like oh i only use this particular type of vitamin c it's really like in helping my clients i'm trying to figure out what is going to help the body move into that space where that's promoting its own healing that's what i'm really trying to do can you tell us about your work with a, an example client? And I'm, I'm really curious about your work with people with um, inflammatory bowel disease. Well, I had, I, you had messaged me this question and I was going through and I thought, gosh, who do I want to talk about? And the big, uh, the, and it just so happened that I talked to this person yesterday and I was a client. She's an older female in her 60s. And she came to me because she had a huge list of issues and she was, you know, she showed up with her binder of all the tests and this woman, she was flying to another state to get treatment. That's how, like, she was really invested in her healing. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is, and I, you kind of go into that place of like, well, am I going to have anything to add? <laughs> a little bit of insecurity came into my, into me. And I was like, oh my goodness, am I going to be able to help her? Um, but she had had uh, chronic fatigue syndrome was one of the things she had been diagnosed with. She came with night sweats and weight gain. Um, she had a history of IBS. And, and then one of the doctors labeled it leaky gut. Um, she was talking about slow motility. So this client, I mean, she just had a lot going on and she had invested not just thousands, but tens of thousands of dollars in her health journey so far. And I asked her the question when she came in, she, you know, went through her binder of information and I said, so like, have they, did anyone ever run like a food sensitivity panel for you? Have you had a stool panel done? And to, I was flabbergasted to hear no. And I thought, Oh my goodness, this is like, let's start there. Let's even just start with a food sensitivity panel. Now this client is vegetarian and, she, or I should say she does eat uh, like, so she's not vegan. She will have like some fish on occasion and some eggs on occasion, but she wasn't really, really wasn't eating um, a lot of animal protein. And we went through and I said, well, let's look at kind of, let's do a food sensitivity panel. And we did do that. Um, and it came back and she had a lot of the foods that she was kind of leaning on ended up being high food sensitivity, which that just creates a level of inflammation in the body. So to explain that to the general public, if you're, if you have a food sensitivity and you're eating a food that is not a match for your body, it's creating an immune response. And if it's kind of, if you're, if the body, if it's not a match for the body at the time and you keep putting it in, it's causing your immune system to continually activate and reactivate. And then it, it's like always in this place of attack. And so then she was what we call sympathetic dominant, like her body was kind of always in this flight or fight or flight state. And so we removed the food sensitivity or the, the foods from the food panel and she did start to see some improvement. But still the chronic fatigue, the tiredness had not changed. Well, then I decided, I you know, it's like, okay, well, let's run a, a 
uh, stool panel and make sure you don't have any, and part, mostly because I just, after all the things that she had done, I wanted to look, check in on the health of her good bacteria. Like, did she have a strong enough, you know, profile of healthy bacteria, which we refer to as the flowers in your garden? Or did she have, you know, overgrowth of weeds, which are the opportunistic bacteria, or did she have pests, like, and that's like parasites and worms. So I wanted to have a, a view of that. And we ran that and she had parasites and she had um, no worms, but opportunistic bacteria was crazy high. Um, and her good bacteria was her, like her regular vegetable garden, which should be flourishing, was really depleted. So there was a lot of foundational work we had to do to get her body moved into a place. Um, and that was, you know, going through and weeding the garden, basically. So minimizing those weeds and then rebuilding the garden. So putting in the good bacteria. And this took probably, I wish that I could say the work was fast. That's, that's always the bummer is that, you know, clients come and they want to we're so conditioned to want things, oh, you know, and you know, I just have to take these seven pills and then everything's better. It just doesn't work that way with the gut. It takes time to rebuild that. So we were about a year, took us about a year to rebuild everything. And in fact, when I talked to her yesterday on the phone, um, the chronic fatigue, after we reestablished gut health, when her gut health was, we had weeded the garden and rebuilt the good, uh, we started looking at some genetic um material uh, and from like her 23 and me and I've done a little work in that area um, understanding how your genes and the SNPs um, in the body can affect if things are moving too fast or not fast enough um, and she did have some um, things show up and I supported gave her some supplementation around supporting a better conversation there for these SNPs and that was like the hinge in which the door swung. Once I we reestablished gut health and we addressed the deficiencies around her SNPs, yesterday on the phone she was like, "I you like you brought me back." She was so so tired and had such bad bowel health. She's like, "I have energy now for my grandchildren, and I'm not having night sweats anymore." The night sweats were crazy for her. Like, and I couldn't figure that one out until I kind of went into the gene area. Um, but it took me a little bit of time, but she, yeah, she was just so thankful, like to be having regular bowel movements, not bowel movements every three days. And she had no more night sweats and her chronic fatigue was under control, but it was really stepping back. You know, the person brought the binder in looking at all the puzzle pieces, like what's foundationally here, what's the root cause, the underlying piece you know, if you address the river too far downstream and you're not addressing the head of the river, it's not going to make the river change. So for me, I had to go all the way back to this person, even though she was eating a pretty good diet, like as a vegetarian, she was doing a good job, but her body just wasn't able to absorb it and wasn't, she wasn't digesting well. So getting her the right type of support really changed her health picture. It was, it's like, I was so happy. I was near tears yesterday when she was talking about how her life had changed and I hadn't talked to her for a couple months. So that was really neat. Wow. So that's, that's great. It's a, it's a perfect sort of, um, case study to showcase what nutritional therapy can do that maybe, um, traditional medicine, um, d doesn't address. And, um, for someone who has been trying the traditional, 
medical path and it's just not really working for them mm-hmm. and they haven't thought about nutritional therapy, I mean, it's worth, it's worth trying, right? It's worth giving it a chance. Um, and like you said, the, the changes don't happen immediately. It's not like a drug intervention. It's, it's, um, you know, it's more gradual. It, it's, it, it plays itself out over months not yeah. days, not right. hours, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But this is the way to affect permanent change, lasting change. Right. And that's, honestly, I tell my clients, I want to work myself out of a job. You know, swing back through if you need a tune-up, but like, I don't want you to be dealing with these things, you know, ongoing. I want to get you to a place where your body is like, you know, we call it homeostasis. Homeostasis means perfect balance. And the body is constantly fighting to be in that place of homeostasis. And I want to try to get my clients to the most homeostatic stage that they can live in with the least amount of of issues. And every once in a while, I mean, things happen in our lives, right? So a parent dies and and we grieve that and that can push our body into a state of stress again. And we might experience some of those things that we we thought we were done dealing with. That happens you know, then swing back through for nutritional therapy. But nutritional therapy should really get you to a place where you're like, all right, my body is balanced. I feel like I can do my life. Yes, that sounds like a place that we all want to be. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for that case study. That was fascinating. Um, Do you have a quick tip for people with similar issues? Sure. I, um, I think that people overlook these and... They're no practitioner needed kind of tips. Um, the, and I, I it's kind of four main, my foundational pieces. So I say start with these foundations first when you're dealing with your health. These are the questions I are like some of the very first questions out of my mouth. The first one is, are you hydrated? So check in on your hydration. A lot of people will say, oh, I do a really good job of drinking water. And I tell my clients, I'm like, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you do that. But take a weekend or a couple of days and measure actually how much water you are drinking and measure it backwards. And what I mean by that is put all your water that you should drink for a day, which is half your body weight in ounces, in a, in a container and only pour out of that. Now, if you finish that container two hours before bedtime, good job then you are doing your due diligence for hydration. Um, But everything in our body runs better if we are well hydrated. So check yourself there. The other big kind of overlooked foundation is sleep. We have to prioritize sleeping. Sleeping, you can do all the good stuff during the day, but it's when you sleep, that's when your body does all of the repair work, most of it. So if you're not sleeping well, you're not going to be in an environment that is promoting healing for you. So check in with your sleep. And that's a, that's a really foundational piece. Movement is the next one. Like we need to be moving our bodies. We have developed a very sedentary lifestyle. I tell my clients every set a timer on your phone. If you sit at a desk, set a timer on your phone every 90 minutes, get up, like walk to the furthest bathroom or walk up and down your driveway or, you know, just get some movement every 90 minutes. Every hour would be better. But if you can shoot for 90 minutes to start, that's a a good place to start. And the last thing foundationally is assess your stress. Now, stress comes in a lot of different 
uh, facets. It can be emotional stress or physical stress. But if you have all of these stressors and you're not, and your body can't absorb it, and we are made for stress, we have a bandwidth for stress, but some of us are experiencing more stress in our lives. And there are things that we can say no to that will reduce our stress. And I use the example of I'm never going to wake up in the morning and not be mom to my four children. That's, that's a stress I get to live with for the rest of my life. But I can make the choice to not eat a food that I know is not does not agree with my system. And that will be a way that I can reduce stress. So assess your stress and really try to work on reducing as much of it as you can. So those are my kind of start with foundations, no practitioner needed, start there. Thanks for that list. So hydration, sleep, movement, and assessing your stress. So Andrea, remind me again how people can reach you if they'd like to learn more. Right. So my website is just my name, andreadalman.com. You can find me there. And I always have a freebie. Uh, that people can opt into right now. I think it's the 60 um, recipes to help support people while they're having to stay home. Uh, so you can go over to my website and grab that if you like. Uh, and then on social media, you can find me at Redeeming Nutrition, both for Facebook and Instagram. All right. And uh, so that website was Andrea Dahlman, D-A-H-L-M-A-N.com. Correct. Perfect. All right. So thank you very much for joining me today. I really enjoyed this second episode. Thank you for letting me come on and share what I do. It's really, I feel super passionate about this, this work. Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. Please listen again and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. To learn more about Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy, or check out our podcast page, visit tcnutritionaltherapy.com. To find a nutritional therapy practitioner in your area, use the provider search at nutritionaltherapy.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast, copyright 2020 by Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy. Music by Barbara Benn.